And now, live from ID Studios in Tucson, Arizona, it's... Dear friends and family. 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 Dear friends and family, how are you? Dear friends and family, this is Session 7. Woo! Session 7. <laughs> in this session, we talk to two amazing women. Yes. First, we speak with Layla about the care and love that she gave to her grandfather, Layla is such a special person. She has come into my life like this gorgeous tsunami who has just <laughs> washed over yes, me totally. and loved and protected me. And thank you, Layla. Now, this is going to be a long one, but we needed to include Christina because she starts off more in the professional role and then falls into it in life and is an amazing, amazing just ray. It's awesome. You guys, you, you guys are going to love this. And these women will definitely prove how awesome the world wants them to be. Okay, dear friends and family listeners, it's that time where we remind you to head over to studioids.com and sign up for our email list. You will receive all of the latest updates, releases, and information about our studio. Also, wherever you are listening, from whether it be iTunes or SoundCloud, please give us a comment, a like, and a share. Thank you for supporting our endeavor to open minds one show at a time. Take it away, Patty and Lex. Layla, say hi. Hi, guys. Christina is in the studio. Hello. All right. Welcome, guys. So what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about a very, very, very special topic. Yeah. Caretakers. Yes. It's an important topic. It's the unsung hero of the illness world. You know, yeah, it's the people. More than that, I feel like it's the unsung sufferer. Yeah. The caretaker is the co-sufferer. Like, I, I totally get that caretakers are our heroes. I get that they inspire us and they help us and they bring us to a whole new level. Oh, yeah. But I don't doubt the pain I felt yesterday. Yeah. So what Patty is talking about yesterday, I had run out of medicine for the last few days and yesterday kind of culminated with full body spasms to the point where I pretty much cried most of the day. And so it was really rough on Patty for her to just watch. You know, like we've talked about in previous sessions where Patty can stop a spasm by hitting a specific spot. It wasn't working. It wouldn't help. Nothing was helping. Caretakers go through a lot seeing what we go through. And I know that before I got sick, and I would see you going through your fibromyalgia stuff. It would break my heart because I wish I could do something for you, but I couldn't. Listeners, we promised that this would always be real. And this show might be a little intense. Yes. So Layla, you were a caretaker. And Christina, you were a caretaker as well, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yes. So, so let's start with Layla. Layla, why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience with caretaking and how that came into your life? It came into my life because my mother was in Montana taking care of my grandfather. And really, at first, it was just he needed somebody to do household things, kind of help him keep track of things. It progressed quickly and drastically into more of a dementia, where oh, she wow. was fighting with him all the time, explaining to him that he was home. He felt a prisoner in the home that he had built and would just beg why won't you let me go home? And oh she goodness. started oh, wow. taking Xanax and some sort of, I don't remember the antidepressant because she got to a point where she said the screaming in her head was so loud she couldn't hear anything else. In Colorado at the time, kind of in the best situation I had ever been in, in, in at least my adult life, very happy, making money. Savannah was in a good school and decided at that time that my mom needed help. We moved up there and Savannah started school. My mom actually had a different house that she lived at. So I moved in with my grandfather so that she could leave at night. He had gotten to the point where he would wake up at three in the morning and want to get ready for a job that didn't exist anymore. Oh. Like living in a different reality, basically. Yeah. Com completely, completely different reality. God, so I... you entered that reality. <laughs> 
fully jumped in actually feet first <laughs> did you so did you like i okay so now i'm just kind of curious because we're goofy did <laughs> yeah. you like join him in his delusions absolutely nice that's awesome that's <laughs> awesome it got to the point where the delusions were welcome because he was so hard to deal with and would have accidents in his pants he would wear undergarments adult undergarments which was always very tricky because it's so demeaning to wear what what is essentially a diaper so we would use the ones that would pull up that were kind of more like boxer briefs if you will nice which would be hard because he went through this point of where he would have diarrhea all the time. So then you had to figure out how to get him down and he would be fighting you and hitting you. And I would have such feelings of resentment and anger. And I would absolutely feel like a complete crazy person because I'm fighting to do something that in my mind is one of the most horrible things in the world. And I'm fighting to do it. Right. Right. Yeah. And so when it was all over, I would, go out into the garage to smoke a cigarette and I would have these horrible thoughts and I would think I didn't have a lot of great male role models in fact he was pretty much the only one I had right and as far as male role models go he was amazing strong he took care of his family he was very loving he was stern when we needed to have sternness come at us to have these thoughts of him I would walk out into the garage and I would think God damn it, old man. Why won't you just die? Free us all from this fucking hell that we're living in right now. The worst parts were when he would have those moments of clarity and he would look at me and his eyes would get watery and he would tell me how he didn't understand why he was behaving the way he was behaving. And it would stop me and bring me back to reality. And I would think the same thing. And I would just say, oh, Papa, (laughs) sorry, too. I don't. This is absolutely a crazy-making situation. I just have to say that I completely relate with how you feel. Like, sometimes the pain gets so much for Lex that he just becomes very angry. I want to express to people how much pain Lex is in. I had a very uh, interesting experience the other day. Uh, Lex has two fentanyl patches on him. They're really high dosage. And they have absolutely no effect on him whatsoever. <laughs> like, it doesn't alter his mood. It doesn't, <laughs> nothing, nothing happens. It doesn't help him either. It doesn't so. help it his doesn't pain. Do it doesn't do anything. Okay, and this is a very high dosage of a very strong drug, apparently, that I have now learned. <laughs> One of his patches came off in our bed or something, and it got stuck between my toes. <laughs> and I didn't know that it was there. <laughs> and... It had probably been there for maybe an hour, but all of a sudden, all of my pain was gone, and I was feeling pretty damn good, and then I started to feel really sick, really tired, really heavy, really nauseous, and I kind of like wiggled my feet around like I do when I'm nervous, and I felt something between my toes, and I looked down, and god damn it, there's one of his patches. Stinking and I, patches. And it, so this is like half the dosage that he's getting, and I take it off. And I literally fall asleep in my bed three to four hours yeah, because she of was this medication. Out, dude. She like was, out. She was, she Lex was, couldn't wake me up for anything. She was chopping logs, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what is that? <laughs> and so it was just like, wow, that medication had on a half dose of what he's taking had that crazy effect on me. And he's getting twice that much and he wears it for days at a time and nothing is happening. So imagine being in that much pain. You get pretty irritable after a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I have these times where I just can't control myself. I'm just, stop it. Like, shut the fuck up. You know, like I get so angry. And I just, oh, I feel like I'm going to explode. And then we find a way and his pain relieves. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. And I'm sorry, too. You know, like, I don't want to feel that way. And it sucks. And it feels uncontrollable. It just... It's like the most frustrating thing in the world. So I totally get what you're talking about. See, and from the other end, Layla, and I got to say this because it's it's crossed my mind. Being the man who I am, I don't want to burden my family. Seeing what my wife has to suffer with on a daily basis, watching me, and especially yesterday, I do get those thoughts of like, they're better off without me because then they don't have to deal with this on a daily basis anymore. But I would take this over living without you any day. 
And she reminds me of that every day. I don't ever want to be without him. It's not acceptable for him to think that way, ever. So, what ended up happening with you and your your old man? Well, it was two years that we worked together, and he, of course, got progressively worse by the in turn 94, and... I was actually the last person to speak to him before he passed. I had been practicing in my head for months. He was very connected with Native American culture, and during his moments of clarity, he would say how he just wished he could take his Indian walk. And the first oh. time he said it, I thought I knew what he had meant, but I made I wanted to make sure, and I asked him, and he said, of course, that when Indians, when they knew it was their time, they would just walk off. Instead right. of burdening the tribe, their family. And so, I, as I said, I rehearsed for months this speech in my head because I realized that he was such a strong man and he had taken care of and he had fought so hard to survive. How do you just one day wake up and go, okay, so now I'm going to let go. My quality of life sucks. I can barely walk. I have no idea where I am 99.9% .9 of the time. So I'm done. I throw in the towel. So in my speech, he's actually in a hospital bed at the time. He was, he was suffering from geriatric diabetes, they call it, but basically it was bodies, all of his systems were just shutting down. His organs were shutting down, and it was just kind of terribly slow progression yeah. into yeah. the next phase of his journey. Yeah. And I whispered in his ear, my uncle was there in the hospital room with us, and I had whispered in his ear that it was okay to take his Indian walk and that he didn't have to do it physically, that he could do it in his mind. And what I had realized was he was holding on, I think, for us to make sure that we were okay. So I told him that because of him, we were all okay and that it was okay to, for him to go and be with my grandmother who had passed 10 years before and he was the youngest of all his brothers, seven brothers and sisters. Oh, They've wow. all passed, his mom and dad passed and all of his friends by this time because when you lived in 94, you outlived quite a few people that you love. And I told him that it was okay, and because of him, it was okay that he could pass now in confidence, knowing that, that he did everything that he needed to do as far as we were concerned. That's amazing. And that I got really a call amazing. at 2.30 in the morning that my uncle had said that he had passed and that he didn't wake up after I talked to him, that he just slept for the few hours, just went in his sleep. That's amazing. <gasps> that is absolutely amazing pretty cool the way it ended up turning out because it was a hard run <laughs> yeah right. but i gotta say the fact that you gave him his honor to end his life and take that walk and it was okay and that he could do it himself he could do it himself man that is so freaking powerful yeah you gave Absolutely. him a beautiful gift Layla. yeah <laughs> thank you it was very amazing wow worth the two years of hell i would say to be able to tell that part of the story. So what was the toll on you as a person? Tell us a little bit about that. Obviously, you took care of this wonderful man for two years, and it was hell. What was the toll on your body? Well, I feel like had that had been the only hell that I lived through during that time, it, it may not have taken such an effect, such a toll on me, so to speak. But during that time, my mom had tried to kill herself. Oh, wow. Um, and Savannah was, was there with her at the house. Oh, so I had to deal with getting my mom to the hospital, of course. And also after that, dealing with Savannah, who was 13 at the time, trying to reconcile, pulling pills out of her grandmother's hands. And oh, my 18-year-old cousin was killed in a car accident during that time and I watched this little baby girl be born and oh, it started no. this effect of I lost six people wow. that year. So it seems like so, you would really understand what Lex and I feel sometimes. What we're going through is bad enough. Why does more keep happening? Why yeah. does the universe keep throwing obstacles and road bumps and devastation in our way. My saying to myself was whatever whatever doesn't kill me just makes me more awesome. And I would think to myself sometimes, how awesome do you want me to be? I mean, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm strong enough, damn it. Well, and you know what? Yeah. I gotta say, the fact that you're sane and you have such a positive attitude says so much about you. After my grandfather passed, I wanted to come back here to Colorado to basically get on with my life, if you will. My husband at the time, his father got sick 
right before my grandfather had passed. And so oh. it ended up being we moved back down to Tucson instead of coming back to Colorado. So as soon as my feet hit the soil of Tucson, I started using opiate. It's so the toll that it took was a two-year Oxycontin addiction. I had gotten myself to a point where it took 30 milligrams just to get out of bed, not to feel high, not to feel anything but okay, now I can take a shower and do another one and get on with my day. I was probably up to 230 milligrams-ish. It's what I remembered using, so take that with a grain of salt because (laughs) (laughs) it it plays huge tricks on you, tells you many lies to continue the habit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's numbing too, especially with the pain. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was beautiful. Absolutely. It was the best pain reliever right and i don't mean physically reliever. i meant mentally yeah exactly. it just made you so numb i think as far as physical pain goes it's very inadequate but if you use enough you can feel some emotional pain relief right that obviously wasn't your solution for very long it no it was my crutch for two years i got to a point where i was actually miserable using oxy i would look at people that were sober and think oh you're so lucky you can actually get out of bed without having to snort a line of oxycontin like that must be so lazy so once again like living in a different reality yeah absolutely absolutely Still not really willing to, to walk through the reality that I had lived through for two years. You had entered this delusional world of your grandfather and you took a part of his reality. And then when that ended, it just seems like you sort of perpetuated it by using. Absolutely. So then what happened? So then I asked myself at that time was really the hard question, which is, what are you running from? What is so bad that you can't be sober? And of course, by this time, withdrawals were a number one answer. I just knew I was going to get super duper sick. Super sick to the point, and I know that there's understanding here, but just to explain it to those who haven't experienced it, so sick, skin crawling. You wish you could get out of your skin. Every cell in your body feels as if it's in revolt. (laughs) And then you're super cold, but sweating at the same time. Cold, sweating, can't sleep, exhausted, crying, feel like you're going to throw up, can't eat. And then the whole mind trick. Yeah. Because I I remember just thinking, just get a little bit, just get a little bit, dude. Just enough to like stop the real part of the pain above and beyond all the physical withdrawals, the mental games that were played. God, you are amazing, Layla. The fact that you've gone through all of this and you're so positive. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) What did you do? Awesome. I truly believe it's because of going through all of this, the perspective that it gave me and the low that I know people can be in at any given point in time, even just for five minutes, if you will, makes the highs really high. Yeah. I fluctuate back and forth. Of course, you know, not every day is awesome. Not every minute is great. Of course not, yeah. Last night while I was talking to Patty, while you were in excruciating pain and she was in excruciating pain, I was talking to this 18-year-old girl that I work with that I have totally bonded with. She's super precious and decided to join the army and put in her two weeks at Fridays and it was three o'clock in the afternoon and she was drunk and she didn't know why and she was freaking out and she was saying how she wanted to kill herself. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And then Savannah called and she cut her finger. She works at a prison in Montana right now in the the cafeteria and she cut her finger and needed four stitches. And I got to a point where, I mean, I was just sitting here crying. I was I was messaging with you, Patty, sending my love, feeling your love um, on the phone at one point in time with this baby girl that was just like, I just want to kill myself, telling Savannah I'm sorry that the nurse was mean because apparently she was very <laughs> And telling her, you know, I would have kicked her ass, not literally, but I would have said, excuse me, if you cannot be gentle with my child, bring somebody in, please, that can. I understand that we all have our issues and our pain and we carry this with us, but it is not acceptable ever to treat somebody the way you are treating her. Especially a nurse. Heck yeah. So you have just completely taken on the caretaker role like you have in a very positive yeah a very positive and non-codependent way i must say right you were there to be supportive for your daughter you were there to be supportive for patty you were there to be supportive for the girl who wanted to kill herself but at the same time 
you're still positive. Like that's awesome. And it's, it's really interesting because I've never been one of those people who walked around and thought, what's my purpose? Why am I here? I've just kind of been content walking around and going, oh, cool, I'm here. Let's see what's going, you know, what's going, <laughs> what's going on. Hell exactly. Yeah. But I realized at one point in time that it was my purpose here. It was brought to my attention to just listen. I'm just to listen sometimes and hold space with people. Just let them know that they're heard. I can't do anything in any of those three situations really except for that. I cried and my my roommate came in and she's like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm okay. I'm just evacuating. So I was able to <laughs> a little bit of pain, take it in and then give it back to the universe where it belongs. That was awesome. Layla. Heck yeah. And now our cause of the month. So tell us a little bit about your situation. What, you know, what were you diagnosed with? I felt a lump in my brain breast doing a personal mammogram um, which I never did but for some reason I did that day I found a lump um, it felt very angry and different than normal so I long story short I went and got it looked at and um, it came back positive for breast cancer so I was diagnosed on March 7th at 7:19 in the morning on my way to work I got a call saying, you know, yes, your test came out positive. And as soon as you hear positive and breast cancer, the rest of it is wah, 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 wah. <laughs> it's like Charlie For Brown. Sure. I bet. Um, I am considered cancer free as of now. Yes. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going through reconstruction. And what, what does that mean for you? Good. Because I didn't want to ask because I'm like, ah. <laughs> uh. It, well, I'm assuming she's getting new boobs, but that's, exactly that's just me. That's what, that's, yeah. Um, because of my, well, when I first heard I had the breast cancer, the first mm. thing I told my doctor was just take them. I don't want them. Just take them if it's going to make it go away. I, but they really put a lot of thought into it and they mm. make you really think about what you're going to do because of my age. They really wanted to just go ahead and do the double mastectomy, which is what I wanted. So we have this awesome opportunity as a community. So Amber does have health insurance and the health insurance has a deductible. And this is why we are trying to raise some money for Amber. She started the process to have um, reconstructive surgery because, you know, from all of her cancer treatment and everything, her deductible was full, but the process has gotten stretched out into this year. So now there's a new deductible and she has to try and continue with this reconstructive surgery is going to have to pay out of pocket basically until that deductible is covered. And when we heard this, we really wanted to help out and just really like, oh, hey, there's a, there's a cause we can help out with, you know, save the boobies, save the tatas. Save the tatas. <laughs> well, we have a real life save the tatas situation here. Exactly. You know? This is extremely important. If you would like to hear Amber's full story, please go to session two on Dear Friends and Family. You can check it out at studioids.com. Also, if you'd like to help us save the tatas, you can also check it out at studioids.com. We also have Christina in studio, and she has been a caretaker as well. So tell us a little bit about your story. I have been a caretaker for a long time. I started out as a medical assistant and then moved on to taking care of people, which I found a lot. I like it a lot more. Mm -hmm. But I started out at a nursing home and working on the dementia Alzheimer's unit. Yeah. So every day was an adventure. <laughs> I bet. But I felt a it was like a... <laughs> you know, sometimes I was a sister or dad or daughter. The great part about it was they allowed me to be there when they were dying. Oh, wow. So, oh, I, you know... Layla and I were talking about how there are special souls in this world who help people on their journey to their yeah. other life. And you are one of those souls. <laughs> That's so awesome. so awesome. The first person I lost, I, I lost it. I started crying. But then it's like people are 89, 90 years old. They've had a great life. So I can't really be that sad. Plus they're in pain and don't know what's going on. So after that, my family was like, oh, you like to take care of people? You know, I've got <laughs> my family lives forever, apparently. And <laughs> my great aunt and uncle, she was diagnosed with lung cancer 
and he had early onset of Alzheimer's. So I went for about a year and took care of them. Then I came back because they were doing fine. They didn't really need me. About six months later, I actually ended up moving up to California and taking care of them to almost the end. It got to a point where they needed the nurse there at all times to give them shots and stuff. And I can legally delve out meds and give injections because of my medical assisting. At the same time, I'm family and my great aunt used to be an army nurse, so she got really (laughs) mean. (laughs) (laughs) The week that I left, my great uncle actually ended up passing away. Oh. So tell us about your experience living with them for that year in California. It was really hard because now I know why he always took his hearing aids out. (laughs) (laughs) He never wore them. It was hilarious. She just would sit in her chair and just bitch about anything. I turned the light on and she would just be like, do you know how much electricity you're wasting? I'm like, but I'm in the room. (laughs) (laughs) It's dark. (laughs) She pretty much could do things by herself. She just needed a little help. But having to bathe and my uncle would have accidents as well and... It was just really hard because he has always been this gentle soul. And then he would get so angry and so mean, especially Mm. it's what they call sundowners is when in the evening is when it got really worse. So we actually had to buy locks and stuff because he would start leaving the house. So then I start I started not being able to sleep. Oh, wow. Having to watch him because he would start wandering the house and. We know what lack of sleep can do to your body. Yes. Oh, God. Well, one day I was outside cleaning or something and I noticed that the car's missing and we had hid the keys and stuff. Apparently he had found the keys. Oh, no. Luckily, he knew where he was going, but took the trash to the trash. But it was like a ways. (laughs) So they drive it. And I'm freaking out. And I think that's at that point, I was just like, you know, I don't mind taking care of them, but I think I need someone else. So my aunt came and helped and unfortunately he passed away that week the following week they emptied out their trailer and took my aunt down to tucson and she passed away six six weeks later because they'd been they'd been married for 60 years so yeah we knew that once she he went or she went either one of them was going to go really quickly and then unfortunately the week after he died my grandmother died Wow. So it was like all one three of them. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Like yeah. one after the it other. It always goes yeah. in threes. It, <laughs> and even in the nursing home, it did that too. Is always three people. How was it after the fact, once you were done taking care of them, how was it readjusting to being essentially living a normal life again without having I, to... I got another job caretaking special needs adults. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so you liked it. So you, you and Layla have just... Taking the caretaker role. Just at the same time, you know, I was also taking pills because I have chronic pain. Yeah. So, but then you start taking more to deal with not just the physical, but the mental pain and just to numb it out. Yeah. So So, you guys both self-medicating to just deal with this. When I worked at the nursing home, I didn't do it. I think it it was my family. And, you know, like she had said, he was a man to look up to. He was, my great uncle was a true gentleman. Whenever I'd see him, give me a hug or when you come in to see us and I would spend my summers there. And usually you don't see teenagers going to California to hang out with the old people. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they were amazing people and they practically raised me. So it was pretty cool. That's awesome. So you went down this road of addiction, trying to cover up the emotional pain that you had gone through. Right. The worst part for me is when I'm used to people dying. Yeah, they were 90, so it was okay. But then they had brought stuff for us to look through and and take or whatever. In in my eyes, it was taking. It was still their stuff, even though they passed away and left it to us. But I broke down because she'd left me like this huge ring, you know, all of her personal, personal stuff, like left it to me. And I just started bawling. I'm like, I feel like I'm just ransacking their stuff and stealing it. Yeah. Yeah. That made me feel like crap more so than when my grandmother passed away. I knew that like my mom had been putting off going through her things. Right. And so I, in true fashion, as I do with my mother, went to her home, and while she was dealing with a realtor, went through all of my grandmother's things. And I took what I wanted, and I took what I knew my daughter would want. Right. Because it's the most beautiful thing. Sometimes I stand in my daughter's door at night when she's asleep because she's always curled up with something of my grandmother's. 
She always has her scarf or she always has her dress or her blanket. That's precious to me. And I want her to feel my grandmother's love all the time. And so I I had no problem taking her things like I want to incorporate them in my life. I wear my my grandmother's dresses, her scarves, her whatever. She was a (laughs) she was a a small woman, but she was, you know, she couldn't move half of her body. So her clothes varied. They were either (laughs) smalls or large and so <laughs> i fit into a size large and lavana fits into a size small so we got to split them up and now we wear grandma fashion all day right. she was a very hip grandma so Layla, <laughs> yes did you have to deal with this as well like going through your parents stuff grandparents well my grandmother had already passed so a lot of this stuff had already been gone through and i agree with you patty i have my grandmother's wedding ring they were married for 50 years and some scarves of hers and a couple aprons and nice. a rope awesome. that she made. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's very precious. And Christina, I feel like as far as your great aunt is concerned, she loved you so much. These are things that she wanted you to have so that she was with you at, right. at, even after. So much love there. It's interesting. Like we were really talking about the, the caretaking of people at the end of their lives. And I, I think that it's so relevant even in our situation. Yeah, you know, just, yeah completely. I, just, I don't know. It's a beautiful Absolutely. thing. The toll that it, it takes to care for somebody and the emotional strain. And, and no matter what phase in their life that you're coming into to take care of them, there's just such a huge impact. I love the fact that the two of you have taken the situation that you had to self-medicate through and you have both come out as these beautiful, amazing women. Oh, and yeah. I am so grateful to have you both in my life. Heck yeah. And well, I see it as these people, whether they're young or old, they give you that trust that they're going to be at their worst and they're going to allow you to be in their life at that time. Because nobody wants to be seen when they're sick and you know mm-hmm. have vomit hanging out of their mouth or you know accidentally went to the bathroom. So to me, that's the biggest gift. You're giving me something that you probably don't even let your own children see. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, that's a gift, you know, letting me into that part of your life when you hate everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I honestly think it takes a special kind of person to be able to deal with folks on their final stages of life. Right. Because I mean... That is such a sense of mortality. Honestly, I'll be honest with you guys. I couldn't do it. I really couldn't. I I could not be watching somebody pass away in front of my eyes. Like I've seen people die, but it's something where that final stage of life, tranquility, that vulnerability. Yeah. I give you guys mad prompts, man. That's a major, major, major special person for that. A month after I got back, my best friend at the time had twin boys and I became their nanny for the last three oh and a half, goodness. four years. That's so awesome. it was like, you know, you deal with life and death and it's awesome. Love everyone. So, you know, you see someone at the end of their life and then you get to see somebody at the beginning. That's and, so cool. And it's almost very similar because you do really revert back to being a child. You have to feed them, you have to bathe them and stuff. It's just easier when they're tiny. <laughs> So, right? <laughs> so, and you actually feel like you might have some authority because when I would try to tell my grandfather something, he would look at me like, "Right, I'm gonna listen to you." <laughs> you tell the boys anything, they're like, "Really?" Yeah. <laughs> so, I'd like to talk about what you guys do on a you know a daily basis now Layla I know you meditate right I do okay what do you do on a daily basis to just keep your your wits about you when you're dealing with all this stuff I meditate or I usually if it's really bad I'll just step out for 10 minutes and find quiet and breathe awesome. just and listen to my heart nice that's because I'm still alive you know I mm-hmm. gotta make sure that I'm because if I'm not positive and happy then the people that are sick and not feeling good, they're going to be like, well, why are you here? Yeah. You know, you're just making me feel even more crappy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I always try to have a smile on my face if I'm taking care of someone. That's awesome. Because it's not fair to them. You know, yeah. even if you have a crappy day, you got to leave it behind. Heck yeah. So what about you, Layla? What, what's your daily routine to keep your wits about you and your head sane? I try to exercise every day ride a bike or do stretches as I call them, which is just basically yoga poses very slowly, very 
mindful of my breath. And as far as the meditations go, there's so many variances of meditation. I know people that meditate for two hours in a crouched position which to me seems very torturous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love them for that. I take a way more relaxed stance on meditation. I generally lay in a comfortable position. I found on YouTube a few that I like a lot, some that are the biannual beats and some that's more musical. Right. And I lay there and I breathe. And when my mind floats off, which it does every single time, I tried to simply bring it back to whatever I was doing, and you tried Lewis's. Uh... My sunshine daddy. <laughs> oh yes, and sunshine daddy, who by the way was awesome. I really, really enjoyed that show. I liked his squeezing your eyes shut for a certain amount of time and then releasing them, not opening them, but releasing them. And how did he call it? Biofeedback. Yeah. Wireless bi- biofeedback. Yeah. It's amazing. I like it a lot. I love that he was able to teach you something. I think that he is an amazing teacher. Oh, yeah. We need need to get him out there teaching people how to do some of this stuff because he's just like that down-to-earth real guy, you know? I've started listening to that show to help me meditate his little technique i'll listen to that section over and over because it really does help and it's just that little bit and actually i need to get on my word and start calling him and (laughs) and and dealing and doing this once a week with him he's awesome he taught me so much in just that one show absolutely myself included indeed layla has been uh one of the one of my biggest supporters of meditation. I think you have sent me one almost every day for like the last <laughs> yeah. few days. Oh, wow. And I just, I appreciate it so, so much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I always make sure to do my chakras at night too and align them back oh. up. So. Oh, nice. Beautiful. Can you explain that? Because I've, yeah, I, I I've always wanted to learn that. How do you oh. align your chakras? You basically talk to them and you can feel it. With meditation, I've actually been doing it since I was like five or six. Wow. I've been an insomniac, so my dad actually, the only one good thing he ever taught me (laughs) is basically how to relax your whole body. You basically tell each body part to go to sleep or relax. And I've been doing it so long I can actually feel that part tingle. But with the chakras, you know, it's just you start at the bottom and work your way to the top. And I've got some CDs that I can Heck give you. Yeah. 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 It's nice. People look at me like I'm nuts when I say that, but I think I even sit up straighter when I when I'm in line. Nice. That's awesome. God, this is great. <laughs> I'm like learning all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, if I didn't know how to breathe properly, I don't think I could have done that job. Well, I, I was actually really stoked that my podcast that I've been listening to that kind of went off the air for a little while that was really helping me came back. Oh, wow. And so I, I actually tried to listen to it yesterday when I was hurting so bad. But yeah, that was right. a really bad idea because I, I, I lay down and I'm listening to it and I'm trying to stay perfectly still and all of a sudden my whole body just jumps in a spasm and I'm like, ah! So Lex has actually had someone tell him that he should use meditation instead of medication. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and we found, we, we found this amusing, right? But it was somebody who, who has a lot of clout in Lex's mind. And so that's when Lex really dove into meditation. But when his body is like it was yesterday, yeah, and he his mind is focused, he has quieted his mind, his body is doing whatever the fuck it wants. Seriously. Right. Like, well, exactly. And I just want to ask a quick question. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you, you're good. I don't want it to get too far to where I can't bring it up. But Lex, why do you have to be perfectly still? Um, why, can't, why can't your body just move when it wants to move, even if you're meditating? Unfortunately, it's... Because it causes pain. It causes pain. Oh, okay. If I, if I, see here, here's the way it, it, it works out. If I am perfectly still, it doesn't hurt. But the moment I move or and that that could be as simple as just a smile or talking to you, even blinking my eyes, my face will start to spasm. Or if I move my arms too much, the only way I can make this not hurt is to lay perfectly still. And unfortunately, the, the problem is, is that in the last probably I think month and a half. Even him laying still doesn't work anymore. He has, there has started this very strange and intense thing where he'll be laying still. He'll be sitting still. And then all of a sudden, it's aliens are trying to get out of his skin. 
because you can see there this giant movement through his muscles just pulling and tearing and pushing oh against his skin yeah and it is completely uncontrollable pressure points don't help the only thing that helps is if i can get his joint to bend a little and get that movement happening again then it'll stop but even then sometimes that will cause it to get worse so exactly. it's like what like <laughs> i don't really i don't really know how that's good. like i don't understand the concept of meditation replacing medication yeah i don't get well, that it's uh, like meditation is key and it's helpful but when your body has aliens living in it, there's not, it's not going to help. Oh, there's no. certain kinds of meditation that's called like astral projection where you actually leave your body. Okay. But that's like, you know, years yeah. of practicing. <laughs> I know I do it because I've woken up and been paralyzed. Yeah. Because I hadn't come back yet. <laughs> It's so weird. It's like someone's sitting on you, but yeah. I'm like in so awe of like all these different meditation know, concepts right? I've learned. I'm like, Poof. yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of people do it when they're falling asleep. They leave their bodies. Thing I know about astral projection, I learned from Charmed. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> yes, we are Charmed freaks. <laughs> My husband owns every season of Charmed. Yes, I, love I Charmed. Do. <laughs> so, Layla, you were saying earlier before we started the show that your significant other does meditation and, and things along those sorts. But in like a caretaking way. Yeah. Yeah, more of like a teacher to student sort yeah. of way. Exactly. Like you said, caretaker, because usually they're not well. I, in, awesome. I interpreted it as caretaking because you had mentioned no, that he absolutely. like goes into their home and sort of lives with them for two weeks and teaches them in new ways. I kind of feel like caretakers are teachers. I mean, there are things that I have to research and find out in order to take care of Lex because he just doesn't have that ability. And so as a caretaker, you are a teacher. And I, I love the fact that he takes his teaching role and he actually enters someone's home who's ill and he transforms their life and helps them to find some sort of calm and stability in their home. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Right. I'm big into homeopathic stuff. He's amazing. He has a voice like an angel. Nice. So it's... why don't you tell us a little bit about him and what he does mm -hmm. in caretaking, if you don't mind? No, no, not at all. He does Reiki, I guess maybe 20% of the time if it's necessary or required or or the person is willing, he'll, he's gone to their house to teach them yoga and breathing and do Reiki and help them clean out their home and their cabinet. I'm sorry to interrupt, but would you mind explaining what Reiki is? I honestly, I gotta admit, I don't know what that is. Reiki is a type of energy healing, basically. Okay. It's amazing. So, um, do you, can you explain it better, Christina? I, I mean, other than energy exchange and healing and helping clear stagnant energy. Right, like bad juju. Bad jujus, exactly. He brings the good mojo. <laughs> Out with it's the juju, in with the mojo. <laughs> it's, it's basically symbols. I'm a Reiki master one. So it's symbols. Some is touching and some of it's just above the body. Okay. Because you basically, you are just using energy. If you're not a positive person, I would not be a Reiki healer. <laughs> because you're exchanging that. And, you know, like every third Friday of the month, there's a huge Reiki group that gets together and we all just exchange energy. Wow. It's pretty amazing, especially with all the positive energy in the room. You get high off it. It's That's crazy. Awesome. It's and crazy. feel lifted, get lighter. Right. I, I it, exactly. <laughs> I, I want to go to that room. Someone take me. Now. <laughs> so this is awesome, guys. I'm learning so much from you guys right now. <laughs> That's really cool. Reiki. Okay. Energy. That would probably be a good thing for you because... Like I said, a lot of it's not touching. So Ooh, yeah. I, I was going to say that, Christina. In fact, I have a friend down there that does cranial sacral slash Reiki slash polarity therapy. Oh, wow. He's amazing. I went to see him. I had started on my left side. My neck muscles got to the point where I couldn't turn my neck. There was no actual trauma or anything that happened. It was, I definitely believe it was an emotional thing. I had gotten to a point with a certain, who knows what it was, probably stuff. I'm well, just emotional tension. I mean, right. That, that, Stress that, right there. Yeah, that'll put a big toll on your body. I mean, the emotional tension. I mean, I'm a perfect example. If I get happy or too excited, it hurts. If I get too right. angry or if I yell, it hurts. So that emotional 
that emotional baggage that affects your body physically and i know now for a fact (laughs) yeah hugely and and this this man and it's funny because his name is tim darmetko (laughs) and he lives in tucson and he does amazing things and he doesn't actually have to touch you wow I'm really interested in getting his information from you, please. Yeah, let's do I that off air. Yeah. With you guys. That's awesome. Wow. You guys, this has been really awesome. Thank you so much for joining me and Lex and talking about some of these really, really, really difficult issues. I feel a lot less alone. You are not alone. <laughs> Definitely not. Thank it you feels guys. that way when you are taking care of somebody. I wrote a blog post that's going to be going up soon. And I was talking about how... I feel like I'm in this unique situation because I have met caregivers and I have met chronically ill people, but I am yet to find somebody who is as chronically ill as I am, who is also 100% caretaker. And it's a very unique perspective that I have found myself in. And sometimes I don't know what to do with my thoughts. Yeah. Right. I get very lost in balancing healing myself and healing him. And it's very, it's... And raising children. Oh, Definitely. yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's not forget that I have three kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I well, get, I'm I, a caregiver and I'm chronically ill. You got to work with what you got. I want to thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. This has just been rough and positive and loving and kind. And I really hope that people get something out of this because I know I did. Hell yeah. So, <laughs> hell yeah. Thank you, Layla. And thank you, Christine for being on our show. And now our hero of the week. When I was up in Montana and having a very hard time and I had pretty much secluded myself from any of my friends because really everybody's lives are happening and all you have to say is like, yeah, I was up to my elbows and shit today while I was getting punched and then I cried. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Welcome to my day. I would call a a girlfriend of mine down in Oracle, my friend Casey, who had thyroid cancer at the time. And instead of telling her anything about what was going on with me, so she she was even unaware of this at the time, I would call her just as a reminder to myself that I wasn't fighting for my life. To put into perspective my position and where I was at, I would call her somebody who had their throat cut open in in the sake of survival. And so she helped me. She didn't know. She just thought it was me being sweet and calling her to check on her, which, of course, I, I was very concerned with her. But on a personal gain, if you will, note, yeah, well, I used it as perspective. We're, we're strong believers of you've got to give it away to get it back. Exactly. You know, like oh, you, that's you, one of my favorite Alan Watts talks. It's like a six and a half minute talk. And it says that exactly. You have to give it away. To get the whole thing about life is anytime that me and Patty have ever tried to make life about us and try to like ask for help and everything like that, it never works out. But when we help other people, it comes back and helps us. Whether, it, not in not in a way you think. Yeah, it's, you know, like it's, it hasn't brought money. It hasn't brought no. It has brought a sense of accomplishment, strength, love, confidence. Right. You know, true love, bringing these people into our life from and, all over the place. Yeah, from all over the hearing world. Hearing amazing stories. Yeah. Hearing hope and yeah. inspiration and love. Like no matter where we go, no matter who we talk to, every conversation has been that way. Yeah. And I mean, and that's a huge change because before we started this show, we were alone. We were alone and we were getting criticized and we were criticizing oh, ourselves. Criticizing ourselves. Are, are Which we, is worse than what anybody else has exactly. to say. About exactly. Exactly. Well, the one person that stood by me was my girlfriend at the time, having to be like, well, I'm going out of the state for almost a year. Hope you'll be there when I get back. And of course, we talked every day and I'd cry and be like, I can't handle this. You know, she's so mean to me. And my aunt at the time, she's always been mean. So it wasn't <laughs> like anything new. And you miss your significant other and your house and your everyday life. And, and then, like she said, having your arms up and shit. And yeah. you just have to look at it another way. And I'd be like, so what are you doing? I'm doing homework, feeding the dogs and 
to me, listening to that is better than thinking about, oh, it's two o'clock in the morning. I got to get them their meds or, you know what I mean? Just hearing about somebody's everyday life made it so much better. And she was there when I got back. So it wasn't. That's awesome. When someone that you know is having a really hard time and they call you, just be their hero. Yeah. Answer the phone and just tell them about you. Yeah. Don't ask them how they are. When I call you, if I say I'm okay, leave it alone. Tell me what's going on with you. What is bright and beautiful? What's not bright and beautiful? Share. Share you. Yeah. Because I need out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Help me to step out of this. And you know, I've got like that. I've got a really good friend, Greg, that he knows when he asks me, How are you doing? And I say, I'm in good spirits. He goes, okay. Drop I'm, it. Yeah, just, you, you're in pain. Physically, he's fucked. Yeah, exactly. Right. So he knows that, you know, to I'm move good. on. Hey, I got tired of telling everybody every day, dude, I'm hurting. I'm hurting. I'm hurting. It's like, dude, that shit gets old. I mean, and you don't want to live in that place, right? right. I mean, you want to no. talk about not hurting. Exactly. Or... I want to move on. I want to hear exactly. how somebody else is doing because I can't leave my house. Dude. I want to hear about your trip to Paris. I want to hear about your kids and their performances. I want to hear about your relative that just passed away. I want to hear about anything other than how much it hurts. The argument you had with the garbage man. Yeah. (laughs) Our heroes. Woohoo! Yeah. (laughs) So if you have somebody in your life, if you were struggling through a really hard time and somebody just sort of stepped in and saved your day, Saved your butt. <laughs> <laughs> we want to hear about that person. Send us your messages and maybe your hero will be recognized on our show. Uh, well, that's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed Session 7. Thank you, Christine and Layla, so much for being on our show. Yes, thank you, guys. We have learned so much from you guys. Yes. Please head on over to our website, www.studioids.com. Check us out on SoundCloud or on iTunes. And please like, share, and comment. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> really, really, really. Just on SoundCloud or iTunes, give a share, a comment, a like. Let other people see that we have something worth listening to here. Yeah. If you think we're giving you value, tell your friends, tell your neighbor, tell whoever. Listen to this show. These guys are awesome. We really do appreciate all of your support in making this show. Have a great week. And until then, sincerely, Lex Lex and Patty. Patty. We out.